what is up it is of course your girl your hostess with the mostest aesthetically dope and in today's sunday <laughs> session we're going to be talking all about my intracranial hypertension so obviously if that's not something that interests you you know hey catch me in the next one but if you are interested in learning about intracranial hypertension then of course stay tuned and let's just go ahead and cue that little musical shit. <laughs> okay, so first and foremost, let's talk about what intracranial hypertension is. And then I'll kind of talk about my my experience with intracranial hypertension, my medications, and pretty much, you know, all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> so uh, there is idiopathic intracranial hypertension um in iih for short is a rare disease where a person has a high level of intracranial pressure um so that's like the fluid surrounding your brain it used to be called um like a benign intracranial hypertension or um pseudotumor cerebri but that has changed obviously because when you add pseudotumor it makes it sound like okay it's not really a tumor um, which is not a tumor, but it is still a um, life-altering illness. So, what is it? How does it affect you? What do you need to know about it? And what's my experience with it? So, when I was 19, they looked at my, my peeps, my eyes. Usually you'll be, usually your eye doctor. So, if you've never gotten an eye appointment, but you experience headaches, migraines, any of those sorts of things, I highly recommend seeing an eye doctor and getting a visual field test. Um, and they can also check the pressure in the back of your eye. So when I was 19, they did notice I had what's known as a crowded canal. They said there was some elevation in the back of my eye and that it should go away. Then the next time I saw the eye doctor, they said, oh, it's still there. And they recommended me for a follow-up. Didn't do it. <laughs> you know, 19 little bit broke just did not do it so moving on fast forward to um nowadays and let's see end of last year my eye doctor that I've had for the last four years had been telling me to go and see a neuro ophthalmologist and I just never got around to making the appointment so finally she made the appointment on my behalf she was like ah, I'm gonna call and I'm gonna schedule the appointment for you and she did, and I showed up, and it was determined that I have what's known as papilledemia. Um, stage three, I think it's stage three. Yeah, I wanna go with stage three papilledemia. <clears throat> and um, the uh, IIH. Now, <laughs> if you ever hear me like make a uh, or like a huh, like what the hell was I gonna say? A lot of that comes from the medication, which I'll talk about in a separate segment, but I just want to talk about the um, diagnosis process first in this first segment, if I can stay on track. So um, typically those with IIH, uh, it does affect those who are um, overweight more than, than, than others. Um, it does affect females of childbearing age more so than others but there are men men and women can both have papilledemia or iih um the idiopathic part 
means without cause. I do not have idiopathic uh, intracranial hypertension. I have intracranial hypertension. And the reason at first it was uh, idiopathic was without cause, but now they have cause. So you'll lose the idiopathic portion of it. Uh, so I have what's known as um, narrowing veins. And my neurosurgeon, which I'll get into a little bit later, uh, the PAC for the neurosurgeon says, you're probably literally just born this way <laughs> um, with the narrowing veins in the in the back. So how does it affect you? Well, you could go blind um, is one of the things. One of the fears is losing your eyesight. Um, you can also have a high risk of stroke um, when you have um, pressure in your head. Let's say you fall, you get a concussion, uh, you hit your head on the ground, like things that most people would norm like normally do. Um, anything that would elevate the pressure in your head, there's no room <laughs> for your for your brain around there when you have um, too much pressure in the head. <clears throat> this can be a problem, um, and this can cause some severe issues for you, and you might have to go to surgery. I'm just going to give you guys the reality of it. That's that's the reality of it. So, um, the way mine went, I saw the neuro-ophthalmologist in January, and then I got an MRI at the end of January, and the MRI confirmed that I had a lot of pressure in the head and so from there I had a spinal tap done in the end of April and then I saw a neurologist um the neurologist I should say ordered the spinal tap and the opening pressure was really high um so it happened really quick um I didn't really notice the pressure change in my head at all and so let's see the Spinal tap was done, high pressure at opening, something like 35 or something like that, which is pretty high. Uh, and then from there, what else happened? From, from there, I was placed on medication um, for the pressure, which is Diamox. Diamox comes with its own uh, host, host of, 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 of fucking side effects, which I will talk about this, the side effects of Diamox. Oh my God. The side effects, the side effects, the side effects. Everyone's, uh, listen, there's a support group on, uh, Reddit. So <laughs> I will try to add that below, but geez, I mean, it is. Yeah. Anywho. So I've been on Diamox. Um, Diamox is a diuretic, and they also order like weight loss as a, as a solution. I'm five foot five and a half, almost five foot six, and I'm 158 pounds. Not, as my neurologist said, not anywhere close, in his words, to where most of the patients with papilledemia and IIH would normally be, which is why they say I was likely born with this condition um, instead of it being something that has uh, occurred over time or through like um, some other means. <clears throat> All right, so 
what does that mean for me? Ah, well, it is a rare disease. <laughs> um, my vision is not deteriorating. It's actually getting better. But my eye health is not is not the greatest, if that makes sense. Like my vision um, is not getting any worse. My prescriptions have gotten better, but the actual eyeball health is not doing good. So I then now get to go in to get a diagnostic test for a stint to see if I qualify and then go down from there. So now you're pretty much caught up with my process um, and what's going to happen moving forward. Now I want to talk about the Diamox. Oh my God. And the side effects of it. All right. Let's talk about my experience with my medication Diamox. And I am going to talk about it as my experience with the symptoms of Diamox. But I'm also going to point to um, the experience that others in the IIH support group have had as well. Uh, for me, it is like I used to be a real chill person. Like, I don't have a short fuse. But now, if you, you are a Nissan Altima driver. Uh, I am likely to go 100 to 1,000 real quick with you. Um, <laughs> that, that is where I am at. I also noticed that I do have way more anxiety. Um, the brain fog and just, you know... It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, just, it's just the fatigue every day. And then being unable to like focus on anything, which is the thing that everyone says, the lack of focus has made it so difficult to continue working. And there are a lot of teachers. Um, so if you are a teacher, I am, um, not a teacher per se, but I, you guys know that I run my own business and I am a mentor which is basically a teacher. Uh, so I do teach people, but it is so fucking difficult to just do simple tasks because you get ready to do it and your brain is, I'm trying to code. I can't even remember declarations. What in the actual hell? You know, you're just like, your brain is like, I don't know. You got to go figure that out. You know, I I, always, I I told my boyfriend last night, I was like, it's like that episode of SpongeBob where, where Squidward told him, um, <laughs> um, uh, forget everything and just focus on fine dining. And then the guy asked him, Squeakum Fancy Son, what's your name, son? And then he had to go in his brain and like search around. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? That's what it's like in my head all the time. Like, where, where did I put that file? Oh, my God, I can't locate it. And my brain is like, I don't fucking know. I'll, you figure it out. And I'm just like, I, that's your job, bro. <laughs> no lie. That is what it's like. It, it is a constant, constant um, highs and lows. A lot of people, too, who have, um, who are on Diamox also experience just severe mood swings and mood changes. Um, there are several of us who are like happy one minute, literally, uh, crying the next. Um, I do need to take magnesium, um, uh, because magnesium is linked to, uh, depression. Like if you have low levels of magnesium and I also take, um, uh, what is it? 
God, I forget the goddamn name. I take a prescription antacid. Um, and that also drops the magnesium levels in me. So I need to actually take magnesium and B12 and A vitamins because with the diamox being a diuretic, I'm depleted in a lot of nutrients just all over the place. Um, so I do take multivitamins. I do take, my hair was falling out the other day. It's not even funny. Like it's just, everything's awful and everything sucks. So, so I've been, you know, trying my best not to flip out on everybody all the time, but you're just so moody. Um, let me see if I can pull up a moody one. I got mom like right in front of my computer, y'all. So I want to just kind of read somebody else's story. Um, on their side effects real quick <clears throat> yeah like for a lot of people they go through depressions um it, it's just kind of like up and down up and down all throughout the day and then a lot of people say oh well it should go away with time but it's not really going away with time it's just you feel very very unstable like mentally unstable like you have a personality shift um a lot to be some people have rare side effects um but others like myself I, I I read somewhere that if you do not typically have mental health issues like there was a study that showed that if they gave someone who had bipolar depression they gave them Diamox. It actually made them feel better. Where I didn't have depression. So you gave me Diamox. And now I hate everybody. And everybody sucks. And the world is terrible. <laughs> and I have ADHD. And it's just a whole bunch of other shit. And, and I don't want to be put on the antidepressant. Because the whole, antidepressants will, you know, a lot of them will make you gain weight. And that's just the problem. That's a whole nother thing. Um, and like I was saying, there are a lot of teachers who are on here. There are people who... With IIH, um, intracranial hypertension is hard to get any sort of disability. It's one of those illnesses that you can't really <clears throat> you can't really put in the. It's hard to really to to put into words to other people. I've seen spouses actually um, come into this group and they're looking for support on how to support people like us. Um, one lady, she's, uh, one person said that they've been agitated and sad. It's very random. Um, they'll, they'll like, they'll be, they'll be good, but then they'll just go through just feeling really fucking sad all of a sudden. And for me, I can feel when those moments are coming on. Let me tell you, I don't know if you know the difference and I'm going to say this, the difference between bipolar disorder and bipolar personality disorder. So we have bipolar disorder versus by BPD. Okay, people with bipolar disorder tend to experience mania and depression, while people with BPD, so bipolar personality disorder, experience intense emotional pain and feelings of emptiness, uh, desperation, anger, hopelessness, and loneliness. And the mood changes are often more short-lived. So a lot of times for me, it feels like bipolar personality disorder because again, within, within fucking 45 minutes later, I'm like, life is good again. 
<laughs> oh, it and the agitation. We we all get super agitated. One person said they they literally almost cried over cold fries, then got frustrated about a conversation about motorcycles. One person says like they nearly just rocked their husband across the head. They're not a violent person, but <clears throat> they their husband said something to them and their outburst was just like, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Like <laughs> it is that bad uh, being with the Diamox. And I don't know if it's the it's Diamox in general, but the Diamox does have a lot of um, side effects. So. Yeah, and I, like I said, I refuse the antidepressants, anything like that. I don't want to be on it because I'm not depressed. I'm just at, I'm just mad all the time. And I think by adding the magnesium, it should help with the uh, mood changes. So I'm going to give you guys just a brief overview. I'm going to go to uh, Diamox and uh, side effects. And I want to, um, not just the general side effects, I'm going to just talk about the side effects I've experienced. So it does have drug interactions, but let's just talk about the side effects. So, um, decreased hearing, ringing of the ears. I lost hearing in one ear for a brief period of time. Um, I think I talked about that in one of my podcasts. Like, it was a 30 decibel difference. So I got to see an ENT, so an ear, nose, throat doctor. And literally when I woke up that day, I could hear just fine. Um, diarrhea, increased thirst, kidney stones, if you do not drink enough fluids. Loss of appetite, hence the massive amount of weight loss. I've lost to date 24 pounds. Um, feeling faint or lightheaded um, or falling. Muscle cramps or pains, my muscles do cramp quite a bit nausea i am lucky not to experience that although i was nauseous a little bit this morning um the tingling though the tingling and numbness in the hands and feet they recommend like potassium like i said i did add multivitamins recently um which definitely seems to be helping i don't really feel the tingling but sometimes the tingling will come unusual sweating yo when i first started taking diamox I'd be, yo, I was sweating out of nowhere. But for me, when I take it at night, I'm fucking freezing, freezing. I'm so cold. Like, I don't know how to say it other than I'm fucking freezing and I'm angry that I'm cold. Um, and then these are other side effects. So the, the chills, I don't really get chills. Changing consciousness is something that you do want to be aware of, um, like breathing. You can have sleep apnea. Um, being so tired but not being able to sleep is something that occurs. When I was first starting taking Diamox, I was, I, I still am very much sleep deprived. I'm talking about two, three hours of sleep on if that. And when I did go to sleep, I went straight into REM. But the problem is it was just all lucid dreams. So it felt like a continuation of the day. That, that was the severity in which I was sleep deprived. Um, and it still does happen from time to time. It happened to me the other day, actually. 
then I have like the worst dreams. Like people are trying to smother me with pillows. <laughs> I tell my roommate, I was like, I had this, this lucid dream that you tried to smother me with a pillow. Don't do that. Like that's, that's how bad it gets. Um, drowsiness, obviously fever, headache, heavier menstrual periods. So, um, that is something that occurs and heavier and longer for some people, if you have PCOS, it might not affect you. It might positively impact you. I've found that a lot of times these medications, if you have something that's um, out of the norm, a medication such as this tends to balance it out. But if you're like someone like me, where everything is already within norm, this medication is doing the opposite. It's creating this sense of chaos for your body um, because it is affecting like the hormone levels in, in your body. So that's why I'm so moody, grumpy, anxious. I have so much anxiety throughout the day. I'm ready to fight all the time. Like my fight or flight response is always heightened. And nine times out of 10, it's fight. Like I never want to run from things. I, I think I can fight everybody. <laughs> um, cough and hoarseness. I cough quite often. Um, I used to have coughing spells more frequently. I do not have them as frequently unless I'm trying to sing. Anything that requires me to use my lungs um, extensively, that does create more coughing. And um, let's see. I used to get really itchy. I don't get itchy. I started adding um, like a really good skin oil and doing lymphatic massages. Those have really helped and um what are some of the other things like there's just a lot of little things that add up you know I want to lose skin is a thing but not from losing weight um like your skin texture and that's also why I started dry brushing um because I was like no one wants to have crepey skin is what I like to call it the crepey skin so start dry brushing if you're going to take diamonds or else you're gonna have like that crepey cracky looking skin and nobody wants that mm -mm. um so what else is there there's just so much it does also conflict with my vivance and so you have to watch your serotonin levels because you can get serotonin sickness and I was going through that the first time I took it because it raises plasma levels in my Vyvanse, and I was on 50 milligrams of Vyvanse with a 500, technically a thousand milligrams a day of Diamox, which basically in my brain raised my Vyvanse to something like 90 milligrams. So I was, as my doctor put it, is you, are you eating? <laughs> it was like, uh, not really, bro. She's like, yeah, we're going to drop this. So we dropped my Vyvanse down to 30, um, which is helpful. And it definitely has helped help with the, oh, the the mood swings when I first started in that 50. I was crying a couple times throughout the day. I'm not a crier. And then there are moments where I felt nothing, literal nothingness. I mean, somebody could have got murdered in front of me and I just would have been like, yo, that happened. The, they're like dead now. Like the indifference, that, that emptiness, 
was so heavy. And then right after the emptiness, it was like a spell of like, you're being so fucking weird. Why are you not sad? And then my brain's like, you should be sad. And then I get sad for all of like 30, 30 seconds. And then it's like, cut that shit out. And then it's like, okay, I'm bad. I'm back to better. And then I get agitated. So that, but the brain fog is the biggest issue. Um, and again, most people who have this condition do not qualify. We don't get, we do not get um, to go on like medical leave for intracranial hypertension. You, you, it's so fucking difficult to tell someone, hey, I have um, a medical condition called intracranial hypertension. They're going to say, oh, so you got high blood pressure. That is not what I said. It is not high blood pressure. Um, and it's so hard to explain that my medication makes it literally almost impossible for me to stay awake and to focus. Uh, my focus comes and goes and I have moments of hyper hyper focus and when I have those moments they are rare and I try my best to tell people to leave me the fuck alone when I'm hyper focused but it doesn't always work so like right now I'm able to hyper focus to get this podcast done so that lets me know I have a window from between now and about 1 30 where I will probably be hyper focused after 1 30 I am probably not going to be able to focus on anything and my brain fog is going to take over and then I'm going to be like exhausted. And just communicating back and forth with people, with family, with friends, um, having connections with people, leaving my house, doing doing everyday tasks, I don't want to do. Like being outgoing, I don't want to do that. Go shopping, I don't want to do that. Like there's just, it's such a shift in my persons that everybody notices it. Um, and so, yeah, like my mom even said, she's like, you should apply for disability. I'm like, I can't, none of us really can. Like, it's such a hard process to go through. Uh, so yeah, we just, we're all trying. So if you wanna know more about intracranial hypertension, there is a knowledge base for it. I will leave information down below so you can get a better understanding for this rare disease. It is typically a lifelong thing. You can go into remission, but it won't go away. Sorry. Sorry. You can go into a remission, but it will not go away. It is just kind of one of those here to stay kind of deals. All right. So now you know. Now you know why I'm always scattered and all over the goddamn place these days. And it's a mess. It's a mess, y'all. <laughs> so I do thank you so much for sticking with me in this journey through my life, through my bullshit, through my ups and downs and diagnoses and all that shit. And of course, I don't know how to end this shit. So, laters. <laughs>